Thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You are listening to episode 164. All of our back episodes are available at milehighshow.com, including conversations with uh, a bunch of comics over the past three years. Uh, Stand-up comedians, improv guys, writers, and all that good stuff, authors with the comedic bent. Those are some of the favorite ones that I record are are with comics. So I was really uh, delighted to sit down with today's guest. Bobby Johnson. You may know him as DJ Mellow B or uh, the owner of Mellow B Entertainment. Now, Bobby, while not being a stand-up comic per se, he is deeply involved in the comedic industry in Arizona based on his DJ company that has done uh, everything from weddings to uh, house shows to nightclubs and running comedy shows. And uh, so he does, uh, well, we get into it. He'll, he'll explain it better than I can about how he's taken the mic for stand-up in the past and currently every once in a while. But his main thrust is that of putting on the show, promoting the show, marketing it, and making sure everybody under that roof at the restaurant, nightclub, or wherever else he is putting on a show has a good time. And that's what was happening last night at Toso's. Toso Sports Bar and Grill, 2401 West Union Hills in Phoenix. Right there where um, Union Hills meets up with the I-17. It is West Union Hills, but on the east side of the highway. Uh, it, it's a neat little spot. I had passed by it many times, have never stopped in. Bobby runs a show. It used to be weekly. Now it's once a month, and I forget. It's on a Friday, the third Friday or something. He'll, he'll tell you when during the show, but it's once a month on Fridays at Toso's. Now, I first met Bobby when he was bringing his his crew and his show up to uh, Arizona, uh, up to Prescott area, where I am based out of, when he would bring uh, and do a comedy show once a month at Brick and Bones. Brick and Bones has changed names over the years a couple of times. Coyote Joe's, Brick and Bones, now it's far from Folsom. But uh, a few years back, Bobby and his crew were coming up once a month and doing comedy shows up there. And I've been able to sit down with a bunch of the comics that uh, performed for and with Bobby. Um, and it's been, I've been wanting to sit down with Bobby, so I'm glad we were able to now. And the reason, well, aside from me wanting to, one of the main reasons that uh, I wanted to do it this week is because Bobby is returning to Prescott next week, which is Friday, February 23rd. He will be at Sidekicks Saloon in Prescott Valley. Now, for those of you in the Prescott area, you know that area, that that club. Sidekicks is a uh, primarily a bar and a music venue, but they also got a good grill going. They got food, and as of next Friday the 23rd, it will be a comedy club for Bobby Johnson, Mellow B Entertainment. Uh, Bobby's hoping to bring that show up once a month as well, so we'll be looking forward to that. So we wanted to help him promote that show with this episode. And then we want to touch base with some of the comics that will be coming up with Bobby over the next foreseeable future on that monthly show. Again, Friday the 23rd, Sidekick Saloon. That is uh, 6851 East 1st Street in Prescott Valley, right there near the whole Glassford, uh, Glassford Road, Highway 69 Entertainment Area. It's on the west side of the highway. So um, check about Sky Conwell. Good friend of the show plays there quite regularly. A uh, bunch of the bunch of the musicians that we've talked with play there, uh, and Bobby will be turning it into a comedy club on Friday the twenty third. Uh, doors open, I believe, at seven thirty. So uh, links are right there in our show notes and on MileHighShow.com and at our Facebook page, The Mile High Show. So please uh, listen in. Also joining us for a little bit towards the end is Mike B. Dapper. Another comic I met here in Prescott for the first time. Very funny guy. Uh, performs all over the Phoenix area and farther south into Tucson and all that. Regular trips to L.A. And uh, wherever else he can get stage time. Very, very funny guy. So check out Mike B. Dapper when you get a chance. And uh, follow Bobby Johnson, MellowBEntertainment.com and also MellowB on Facebook and DJ Mellow B and Bobby Johnson all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I got links right there in the notes. So 
check him out, follow him, find out what he's up to by listening to today's show, which is brought to you by Amazon. Use that Amazon link at milehighshow.com for all your online shopping. It is a chance for you to support the show with no extra cost to you. Amazon gives us a little thank you for steering people their way by using that milehighshow.com Amazon banner. Also, audible.com, nearly 200,000 titles to choose from, and you get a free audio download and a free 30-day trial of Audible. They have comedy, audiobooks, of course, is their staple, but also exclusive audio content like podcasts, articles, lectures, comedy albums. Uh, everything Audible is available at audible.com. And you get a free audio download and a free 30-day trial by using the code MILEHIGH at checkout. The link is right there at milehighshow.com. So check it out. Support us by using Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It just lets Amazon know you got there through us. They give us a little kickback. And Audible, use that code MILEHIGH at checkout at audible.com for your free audio download and a free 30-day trial and right now we're going to throw some audio at you with dj mellow b bobby johnson himself and a little drop in by mike b dapper the world champion of comedy right here on the mile high show let everybody know where they can find you Website, social media, all that good stuff. Well, uh, definitely social media and uh, website is uh, mellowbeeentertainment.com, just like the, the name, the Mellow Bee. It's every, everything is Mellow yeah. It's all about you know branding. So my brand is me, and my product is me. And um, so you can find me at mellowbeeentertainment.com as my website. Um, uh, on Facebook at uh, Bobby Johnson or at DJ Mellow B or at Mellow B Entertainment. <laughs> There's three separate pages for that. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. But Instagram is Mellow B68. I have no idea what Twitter is because I don't tweet. Uh, you just got to search it and find either Bobby Johnson or Mellow B and it pops right exactly. up. I forget what it is. I was just hitting you up on there. <laughs> uh, give me a little background. What, uh, what was home for you? Are you an Arizona native? Uh, no, I'm from San Bernardino, California. Oh. Uh, I moved here in August of 1986. Uh, so the background history is I started DJing in 1985. I got my first turntables at 14, uh, Christmas of 85. Nice. Or 84, nice. Christmas of 84, I got them. So um, ever since then, it's always been about entertainment, weddings, parties. Yeah. I mean, you name it. What were your first gigs like um, as actually, a 14-year-old kid? We're about to – did you ever see the movie Project X? I believe so. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about the kid's house party where he yeah, his yeah, dad's yeah. bins into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> we were in party scales like that. Yeah. And, that, and we're our 30-year reunion, that's what we're doing, <laughs> is a backyard kegger. <laughs> nice, nice. What brought you to Arizona? Uh, my best friend at the time, uh, out of high school, he came out here and he didn't know how to drive a five-speed. <laughs> and his parents bought him a brand-new Nissan Sentra five-speed. Yeah. So I drove him out from San Bernardino to Phoenix and um, uh, showed him how to drive, drive his car. And in the interim of doing the driver's yeah. training, I was like, I might as well stay here. The heat didn't scare you away? Well, no. San Bernardino, that's, you got it's the heat desert. there anyway. It's a desert. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, it's now is as tense as it is here, but uh, yeah. as far as the weather. But back then, you know, even now, summer nights were still better in San Bernardino. Yeah. What was music always the the passion? Because you're still doing that. Yeah, I still DJ. Actually, that's my primary source of entertainment. I mean, um, I don't want to say as arrogant as it sounds, but I mean, I'm yeah. yielding. I'm yielding the platform that I that I can yeah. obtain. Um, and I don't think people understand what really comes out of that or what, what really comes out of you for that. Yeah. But when you get a platform that you're yielding completely to someone else and whether they abuse it or use it yeah. to their benefit is a reflection on me yeah. at the end of the day. So um, I don't want to say it's like being a boss, but it's I own my own business. Yeah. So it is like being a boss when you have insubordinate employees. You want everyone to get the best out of it for themselves. But if they don't want it. Yeah. Eventually they get fired. And they're 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 repping you so it's it's complete reflection on you. I know exactly. that. My main business photography and it's it's something I can do 
individually for the most part, but a lot of times, you know, second shooter, third shooter on things. Exactly. And, you know, short of wringing necks and uh You and just have to chew it. Yeah. You just have to <laughs> chew it, man. And, you know, uh, I don't want to say developing character at 50 is my thing, man, but, you know, just to understand my own character that yeah. I, it's beyond just um, reaction all the time. What a what a neat thing though that you're able to take what you love and make it your occupation as well because there's like photography there's a lot of guys that do DJing as a side it's a hobby it's something they right. enjoy and then they're you know whatever selling insurance or whatever during the week uh, same thing in my end where you're you kind of battle against against the 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 hobbyists basically exactly cutting into the business but oh, to be gosh. able to support yourself and and be successful at it in something you love. But uh, I'm going to guess, just like the photo gigs I've had to do over the years, there's, there's things that you, that you did for the buck, not for the love. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's way more gigs that I've done for the buck yeah. and not for the love. And I often ask a lot of the comedians and promoters as well, um, is it about the funny or the money? Yeah. Because we put a lot of emphasis on I had the funniest show, but, you know, okay, there was 10 people in the crowd. I've had that show. Yeah. I've had, man, this is a great show. And I'm looking at the audience like, man, there's nobody in the yeah. audience, maybe 12 or 13 paying customers, but we still have to put on a show. Yeah. Bottom line is sometimes the room is more fun when it's intimate. Yeah. And sometimes it's difficult without the lack of camaraderie yeah. or infectious laughs. Yeah. So being an entertainer, those are the things that I see uh, as a wedding DJ. My job at a wedding is way different than being at a nightclub. Yeah. You know, I have to play for dinner. I have to play. So I'm going through not just, you know, four hours of hits. I'm going through four hours of complete hell. And, and, and the whole emotions. You got the, the, the crazy brides. Exactly. I, I did wedding photography for a number of years. And if I, and this was, I mean, I started, started doing it as a living in like 81, 82. If I never hear celebration again, I could oh, be happy. I could die. I made I could, it through the whole Macarena <laughs> phase. I could give well, you the top 10. I was just going to say, what's the song you never want to play that you'll burn the LPs if you still got them? Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, actually, uh, equivalent to Celebrate is Holiday by Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> they, you play those back to back. I mean, that, that's DJ Training 101. Jeez. These are the hits for the bridesmaids. Keep them on the dance floor. Five songs. Yeah. Uh, and, holiday, and then, let's de- groove tonight. Yeah. And dealing with, uh, you know, you, 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 you're spinning records in a club. People are there to have a good time. They're there to drink. They're there to exactly. dance. At a wedding, yeah, they're there to have some of that fun. But for the most part, it's, you know, they're you're there in for the, the family. Right. And then you gotta get, you got to get grandma dancing. <laughs> And that's the part that, that you said it, and, and I didn't have to, but that's the most difficult part of being a, a DJ for hire and professional, yeah. uh, a professional DJ for hire, because you really have to look at the first people there that are going to be the first people to leave, and that's grandma. Yeah. And if grandma has a good time in her first hour and a half, I mean, she's good. Yeah. And she's yeah. going to rave about the wedding as long as I'm not disappointing. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure. Just just from the, the aspect of once I walk in, I don't know who's coming. They're not coming for me. Yeah. And that's the second biggest part. If you come to perform at a comedy show, these people pay to laugh. Yeah. So they're paying for whoever's getting on stage. They're not paying for the guy who put the damn show together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's uh, just one thing that I, I had to really come to terms with is I'm not the star of this show, Bobby. And if you're going to yield the stage, yeah. allow the, sh- the light to shine on everyone that you yielded to. Because that's your position. The flip so. side of that, though, is if something goes south, who gets blamed first? <laughs> it, it's still that me. DJ wrecked the whole. <laughs> it's still me. I've had I've had dresses show up late, cakes not be right, and first person they blamed in mind was all the, oh, the photographer. Photographer, the well, DJ. The, yeah. Entertainment's the yeah. problem. And then you got to get everybody to smile when they're ready to kill each other. And I the love. <laughs> I love the part when we show up and we're in shorts and we're setting up the equipment. Yeah. And then they start take they they well someone needs to call the DJ and I'm technically physically setting stuff up <laughs> right there and I'm right in front of them putting speakers on the poles but I'm not in a tuxedo yet yeah yeah so they're like well this guy's just setting up where's he must the be DJ the roadie right <laughs> he sent this bookie here so let's <laughs> let's let's call him and I'm sitting there I'm like hello this is yeah. me 
No, the I'm guy right in the here, basketball I'm shorts. Here, yeah. That was the DJs were always our best friends because that's how everything flowed to make sure the announcements are there. You're not blindsided. You know, right. you can be out doing whatever you need with your gear or switching something out in the car, and then all of a sudden you hear in the background, oh, now we're cutting the cake. You're running into it. Get the batteries. Someone yeah. get the extra plug, the extra power pack. What was the uh, nightmare gigs? Actually, you? nightmare gigs are it's so bad because sometimes the nightmare gigs are self-inflicted. Yeah. And and you know it takes a grown up finally to maturely say that, you know, we inflict so much self. We get yeah. so involved that we don't see ourselves as in the way. But I had everything ready for a wedding. This was in 2006. I'm not even allowed. I won't even go to the hotel cuz they told me never to come back. <laughs> they said don't even don't ever come back here to DJ. I was like, I won't ever come back. Period. What happened? <laughs> um so I have it's, it's a it's a <laughs> It's a fifteen twenty thousand dollar wedding um, at uh, Scottsdale, the Scottsdale Hilton on Lincoln and Scottsdale Road. Where you can't go. <laughs> Where I give them no lie. I've been banned. It's been a statute of limitations. I forgot to tell you they're sponsoring this pot. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't go there. But it's got nothing to do with getting kicked out. I just can't afford it. I can't afford to go to Scottsdale. So if if you're saying that this wedding was this was a high dollar wedding, and um, they paid like three. Maybe $1,300 for the DJ service. Yeah. And I didn't have their first dance. I didn't have a song for their first dance. I had the case. It was Shania Twain. Yeah. I had the CD case. and Perfect. Got everything in my car. Set up everything. Put on my tux. Dipped. I was perfect. <laughs> and then I'm playing music for the dinner. And it's time for the first dance. I've never broke a sweat playing football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. If they were all combined. Never broke a sweat this fast <laughs> in my life. Um, I started sweating and instantly looked into the CD case, and the case was empty. Ah, days before iTunes. <laughs> yes. There was no, no pa- download. No Pandora on your no. phone. <laughs> so that, that uh, they came, and I said, well, let's pick another song, and I was real gracious and you know, expressed all the humility. Yeah. I, I mean, I was on the floor groveling, basically. Yeah. And... Um, you know, after that, the manager or the El Capitan yeah. came up to me and said, you know, after after today, we're going to call the service and we they can the service can book, but you don't come back. Man. And you talk about a shot to my ego, man. Yeah. I didn't want to do another wedding for about a month. Yeah. But I had to because I was working for yeah. a service. So but, you know, that man, that stung. So that all was all off of Shania Twain, all off of Shania Twain and the first dance. And the, the couple was great. They were like, yeah. We'll pick another song. Don't worry. But it was the wedding. Not the. It was the wedding coordinator. Coordinator. That's yeah. why I don't like wedding planners anymore because yeah. they're just in the way. And if you hear me, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Oh, I'm not at all. Once you, I hate wedding. Once the planners. DJ gets the itinerary, it's exactly what you yeah. said. We're the pace of the show. Yeah. What you want the wedding coordinator to come? <laughs> Let him go. You paid me already. Here, yeah. She can take over if you want her to. But remember, I'm already paid. I'm on contract. Give me my money now. Before she ruins my part. Yeah. I'm sure there's one or two good ones out there, but in, in uh, nearly 40 years of doing wedding work, the, I, the way I look at it, it's, it's, it's somebody who just read way too many bridal magazines. Oh, and, yeah. And then, hey, I could make a business out of this. Or, or got screwed over on her own wedding and says, you know what? I'm going to make everybody else better. Because I know. <laughs> exactly. Man. Uh, that, creating traditions for the sake of creating traditions for the sake of the dollar because yeah. really i mean it's a sell point it's like a dj he says i'm gonna bring lights do you have lights already mm-hmm. do you have to rent them to bring them then why do i have to rent them from you the price is the price is the price yeah so if you don't like my price i mean everything's included but what do you want me not to bring so you can yeah. get a better deal i'm still bringing this junk yeah. because you you don't realize it's a part of my show yeah. It's a part of what I put on for the whole for all of your guests. It's not even about you. Second disaster <laughs> part 2 is when the bride gives you her playlist and hasn't considered the 300 people in the room with you by themselves. Yep. And I'm like this is not working for anyone. Yeah. And then the bride comes in and she's all Whoa! Yeah, her and her three sorority sisters are having a ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, ugliness. So that ugliness. those are the parts that you know people overlook, and those are the things that I want to honestly say I look for, so I can recognize yeah. it, point it out, and correct it, so that it at least smooths out that next yeah. moment. Um, 
that's kind of my my end thing that I learned from the service is get there, set up, and be a help to everybody else. Because when you put on your suit, you've yeah. already earned a tip. It's just up to them to get yeah. in their pockets and give it to yeah. you. So Dig I'm all about deeper. my money. <laughs> I'm all about so all the all the hard work. You know, I've worked in the medical profession for 20 years to get my kids through school. Really? I have two adult children, two grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. But I did 20 years. I've worked in construction. I worked in, yeah. I've done every job I could possibly put my hands on. And now you get to do the love. Huh? And now I get to do what I've always loved Very to do nice. as a kid. So my hobby was not just for playing around. You know, it made yeah. me money then. In yeah. high school, I was making $1,000 a week. Uh, but uh, allowing you to get to the ultimate goal of being able to hang up. What what were you doing in the medical field? Uh, Actually, I worked in um, orthopedics and cardiology primarily, but I did family practice too. Oh, wow. Back office tech, uh, phlebotomist, casting, splinting. Um, Any of those skills come in handy at... uh at clubs <laughs> or weddings? Actually, no. <laughs> oh, that's no, Actually, good. more than likely, uh, the first time it came in handy was right after I graduated. Uh, I was on San Diego Beach, and dude dislocated his, dislocated his finger playing football, yeah. and I reset it. It was like, that was not really official training. I didn't even have yeah. labs yet. And it, <laughs> so I set the guy's finger on the beach. It was cool. Years ago, I was doing a, uh, doing a, uh, a wedding at the, uh, no, it was a family reunion. A photograph in a family reunion at the Blue Dolphin in the San Leandro Marina right outside of Oakland. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was get, I, they didn't like me, and I was getting along better with the family than the other family members right. were. And one of the uncles got stabbed, and there was like three cops in the family, so they kind of patched him up and shuffled him out before anybody called. That's <laughs> crazy. We had somebody get tossed through a plate glass window at the same place, Blue Dolphin. Wow. Tossed right through the plate glass window. How did you get hooked up with the comedy scene? Um, actually, uh, as a DJ, yeah, I was DJing a couple of comedy shows over at a bar called Doc's Place, uh, uptown uh-huh. Phoenix on Camelback and Central. This was in 2009. Um, no, you're good. It's ambiance for causing a ruckus. Bar and grill. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what was that question again? I'm getting How'd older. How'd you get hooked up with the comedy, oh, scene? comedy thing? Um, as I say, I was doing a, a DJing for another promoter, um, and he kept asking my perspective on, you know, what we should change and how I would read the room as a DJ. Yeah. I'd read the room from my perspective as if I was at a wedding to find out what's the most functional, what's, where's the flow, what are we missing? Yeah. And he would pick my brain, and he would always implement my ideas, and you can see it working. Yeah. And um, I asked, you know... You gonna compensate me for this this type yeah. of thievery? Giving you gi- giving you an education, <laughs> right? So the following show, my check was fifty percent of what it was normally supposed to be, and it's supposed to be fifty percent more. So huh. he, he was being cute. Yeah, um, I guess he was being cute, but I was shorted. Like, yeah, in my opinion, one hundred twenty dollars. Oh yeah. So I came here and I was DJing. Here, here. Tosos? Uh-huh. In 2009, when the Super Bowl was here in 07, mm-hmm. I was DJing the Super Bowl here. I had a party here. Nice. So um, I took that mishap and came here. There was another guy, Reggie Campbell, mm-hmm. who was doing comedy here already. So I said, well, I don't need to do comedy. I'll DJ for your shows. Yeah. And we had a little friction, but it worked out to where I was DJing for a couple of his events. Then he left here, and then... The owner asked me to do yeah. comedy, and I was like, I don't know how to do that. And then I called a person, and she gave me a lineup, uh, and I've been doing it ever since 2009. Now, are you, do you do any stand-up yourself, or do you just coordinate the show? I've, I've done a couple yeah. of times, and I get around. I get on stage just to clown. I was the yeah. work. I'm the office clown, the yeah. guy that makes you feel good for a minute in the office. Um, so being an entertainer. Yeah. It the was mic's easy. no stranger to right. you. Right, yeah. it was easy. And um, so, no, I never I never got in the way because I was yielding. Yeah. And the moment that I get in the way is when it all changes. That's one of the things that, that gets overlooked a lot. Uh, not so much now. It seems like the last 10 years or so, the DJs at clubs are getting getting to be superstars themselves exactly. and they're getting well-respected. But for a long time, it was like you said, growing up doing weddings and stuff, the DJs were kind of an afterthought as long as they were doing their job. As exactly. soon as something went wrong, oh, it's their it's fault. This guy, come down on him. Kind of the same thing in a, in a comedy club because you've got to keep that feeling in between acts, leading up to the acts. Exactly. When you get on and your personality starts coming out. Hey, Paul. And uh, when 
it, it, kind of the same as, as like an MC. A lot of times, people come in, they look at the lineup, and they'll go, oh, well, you know, so-and-so's headline and so-and-so's feature, and oh, this is the MC. Right. Must be the weaker of the... But the MC sets is the, the tone. strongest one. And, it's, and there's... Some, I think that's... Isn't that kind of the model in for some of the comics I've talked to that, that travel... Like in Canada, and I think uh, clubs overseas, Europe, Great Britain, and stuff, the strongest guy on the lineup is the MC. Is in control. Because he's got to make sure that that feel keeps going through. That's and a lot right. of people don't understand that. It's kind of like the MC is the drummer in the band. Exactly. Because if he changes tempo, if the tempo changes yeah. in, in between him getting back on stage, he's the guy who's going to bring it back up. Yeah. You know, he's got to bang the snare a little bit faster. And, you know, if some guy's just bang, banging the bass drum, you know, every yeah. eight seconds, he's got to come up and do a whole, you know, he's got to do an encore. And for a comic to do that, to, to run a show like that, they can't necessarily get into their routine, their standard exactly. stuff. they got to be really fluid and know, oh, this, this side's getting cold. we got to warm them it's up. It's verbal babysitting. Yeah, or i got to shut this guy down before the next guy comes up, something like exactly. that. Exactly. Speaking of which... You got uh, somebody running the show tonight. That's uh, Mike Dapper. Mike, he is one of the top guys <laughs> yes. around. I really enjoy Mike. I've been Mike. fortunate. Um, I've been fortunate, even with the people that I don't work with anymore, um, to have what I like to call the extension of self. Because yeah. I don't want to say all of my hosts have been black because they haven't. <laughs> they really haven't. But yeah. a majority of the time, the ones who carry, the ones who I can believe, the ones who I believe can carry it out the best. They have to look like me because it's, it's still a reflection yeah. on me. So if I go up and pitch this in Prescott, they have to still see yeah. a, a reflection of, oh, well, there's Bobby. He's okay. He's and present. crew. But the guy who's running the show yeah. isn't even him. Yeah. And I need that extension of me to be all present and all except I need him to be welcomed by everyone like I am when I go and say, yeah. hey, let me charge you $300 to bring this show from uh -huh. Phoenix. And no, it's going to be a great show. It won't be all hip hop music. I'll pre-record yeah. music for people to sit down. Or, or as they say, like a, it's, a, it's not an urban show. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's a green show. I want everyone's money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I noticed about watching your lineups. I got a chance to come down and uh, and see some of your shows down in Phoenix and, and the surrounding areas. But just looking through the lineups that you that you've had, it, it, Billy's been on a bunch of your shows. Billy O'Connor, yes. Bronx Bookie, get it, get that book on Amazon and and Demick. We'll give Billy exactly. a plug Demick. here. Um, Joe Kimmel was on one of the shows you brought She's up. She's the one to, who uh, got me started. Oh wow! I said a lady, but yeah. Oh great, great. She's the one who gave me my first lineup. She was on the show that I DJed. Nice, very <laughs> nice. Uh, Rob, maybe a bunch of other guys, uh -huh. of course. Mike B. Dapper, who's going to be here tonight, who I first met up in Prescott as exactly. well. Uh, Day Peace, who's no longer in the he's area. He's in Iowa, man, and he's doing his own. Iowa. He, he's basically <laughs> doing everything that I did and more because. Yeah. He was a comic. He was performing. So now he's yeah. got headlining. He's promoting shows and producing. He is one busy guy, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to, to see. I actually DJed his wedding. Oh, nice. I went nice. to Iowa. My girlfriend and I went out and DJed his wedding. I got a chance to see him in, uh, in Flagstaff this past fall. At oh, the, yeah. Uh, the Big Pine. At the Big Pine. And I hadn't seen, seen him in a long time. So it was good to, good to get a chance to talk with him for a little bit. How often are you here at Tosos? Because this is a now regular show once a month. For you. Uh, I once was a here month? weekly, but I'm um, going back up to um, Sidekicks in Prescott, yes. Sidekick Saloon. Uh, that starts next Friday. So here every third Friday? Here being Tosos 2401 Tosos. West Union Hills, right at Union Hills and 17. Yes, just east of the 17, yeah. not even a block. Um, and we're here every, or the third Friday of every month. Uh, doors open at 730. Show goes from 8 to 945 or yeah. 10. Something like that. And then the Sidekicks, again, Sidekicks uh, Saloon in Prescott Valley, 6851 East 1st Street, right there near Glassford Hill in the highway yes. there. Is that going to be a regular gig? Uh, it looks like it is. The, the first one is uh, definitely a trial trial run. Yeah. And um, uh, we're going to see what, what the new ownership is because, like I, like you said, I've been, I've been in Prescott for the last five yeah. and a half years, but I've been off for a year and a half. So. Yeah. The, you, um, when you were going up there and doing the regular gigs right there on the road, that's where I first met you. First right. met uh, Day Day, Us, Day uh, Mike, uh, Jill, Billy. Jill, I everybody, met him up Billy there. there too. A lot of folks up there. 
are starved for comedy. Now, I come down periodically. I try and get down here like once a month down to the Phoenix area. I've done uh, podcasts from The Improv and Stand Up Live, a couple okay. of the bigger clubs and that. Um, and what I try and remind folks is just, you know, it's, it's an hour and a half. It's two hours. Come on down, especially if you're going to hit an early show. Or exactly. Stay, Stay over, grab some breakfast in the morning, head up. It's a great... That's what we did yeah. up there. We would go up there. Some of us would jet back, but yeah. if we could find a place to stay, man, and not have yeah. to get a hotel room, there were plenty of times we got rooms. Yeah. But, you know, it was stay, eat breakfast, and drive back at sunrise. But people are a little reluctant about going up and down the hill. Okay, that's fine. That's great. Uh, it's tough for me sometimes, but they are starved for comedy up there. And when you're, uh, you're regular up there where it was... And I've... Forgive me, I can't remember the name. It's far from Folsom now. Brick and Bones. Brick and Bones, Coyote Joe's. Exactly. Whatever else it was called over the years. Uh, it was a great room, that upstairs, that upstairs the loft. low ceiling, the brick walls. It was a nice, tight it room. It was nice, yeah. And you guys brought, you, Bobby, brought Thank a you. great show, ran it extremely well, got everybody fired up. And, of course, you brought up the comics that were a really good, diverse group. Right. And... Uh, and it was great, and they were fairly well attended. The ones I was at they were, were really, really nice. It seemed packed because of the that numbers small were room. always between forty-five and seventy. That was a good room. It, man. it was I a great that. room, and I was I, I was kind of disappointed every because yeah. I went through four management teams. The comedy outlasted staff. <laughs> it, it's still I hate to say it, kind of a revolving <laughs> door, but it's they're staying afloat. So right. more power to them. They should give so, me the keys to that comedy oh, store up there, man. Great, Let me do man. this again. Not to not to take away from sidekicks. You're giving right. me a spot. No. Have you been you've been in there? Well, in actually, the I, I don't know if you know, but before rock before um before Brick and Bones, I did Rock and Horse Saloon, which is Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I same started building. I started what, at Rock and Horse. What was the stage like there? Was it similar? Is it the uh, same? Tin the big giant stage. It's kind of tall. It's a yeah, big one. It's a, it's a four foot stage and it's about eight feet deep. It's yeah. It's a big stage. Set up more for, for music. Bands. You're gonna keep it the same? You're gonna use utilize that stage? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna use everything they have there. Yeah. There's no reason to recreate the wheel. It's a man. barn, but it's a good spot. If we can like get going 40, there and have fun, yeah. We can get 40 people in there. That's yeah. that's an ideal number for a Prescott show. So Nice. So what else is on, on tap for you? Uh, right now, I'm getting ready to go on a first vacation, man, for, like I said, once I stop working. And I haven't worked. Yeah. I haven't worked for four years, which means I've worked for myself for the last yeah. four years. Um, five years. And... I'm going to Hawaii Friday, man. Oh, beautiful. I'm leaving Thursday. I have a show on Thursday. And I'm stopping like the super frequent events because uh-huh. I've been killing myself. Yeah, yeah. I've been yielding the stage for so long it's not beneficial on the financial end. So, And you said you got how many kids you got? I have two adult children. Two, and they're grown with yeah. their grandkids. 24 and 26. Yeah, I, I think I got a couple years on you. When, when I, gra- I graduated in '84. Okay, two years is all there is. Yeah, I'm I, I'll be 50 in June. I got an eight year old at home. Good. You're yeah. that far ahead of me. <laughs> I got an eight year old at home. He's our first kid. My wife and I were married 15 years, and she woke me up. At, I got off work at uh, about three in the morning, or got home at about three in the morning from work, and uh, and she woke me up at 5:30. And I was, why are you waking me up? And she's looking and she says, she says she's pregnant. 15 years married and we find out she's pregnant. And, wow. Uh, shocker. It hurt. It threw our world completely upside down. But, you know, as you, you know, do? best thing that ever happened. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I had to switch everything. I was running a 60 to 80 hour week every week yeah. for like 15, 20 years. And now it's like, you know what? I got I, I had to shelve a lot of stuff. Fortunately, we're in a financial situation. My wife went back to work full time. She'd been off for almost 10 years, which is maybe how she got pregnant. Maybe uh-huh. that's yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, babe. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, it, we're in a spot now where I could play out. So I'm kind of Mr. Mom for a lot of the day, which is right. great. I get to, you know, I get to hang out with them, and then she spends the rest of the night trying to fix mm, what I read. Down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a lot of fun, man. It's a, it's a, it's a blast. So, how old are your grandkids? Uh, my grandkids are two and two and oh, seven now. Beautiful, man. Yeah. They're local. Oh yeah, they're in Chandler. Nice. They're not too nice. far away. They're out in Chandler. Talk, and I know you're checking your watch. I know we got to we got to get you cut loose uh, to get this show kicked off here at Tosos. But talk a little bit about the comedy here in in the Phoenix area because you are uh, deeply involved in it, but as not as a stand up yourself. Right. What do you see happening here? Um, actually, it's it's really 
let me put it in a political term. It's it's divisive, you know, because there's uh, yeah. for for as many of us as there are, there's not enough camaraderie, and when there is camaraderie, it's false. It's not sincere. So <laughs> there's there's insincerity. There's a lot of immaturity. There's younger people yeah. than what I am. Um, like I'm saying, my there's there's a lot of comics that are 24 and 26. Yeah, I parented those. You know, I get my <laughs> my kids got whippings with spankings and belts yeah. and discipline. And really, you know, some of the guys want to fight, and it's like the only thing I can give you is a spanking <laughs> because I can't fight you. Because I mean, if I you're an adult, but I raised adults that are the same age as you. So yeah, so it's divisive, man. Because at one point we were all uh, there was all a community of connectivity, yeah. and because of um, I don't want to say self, but because of groups isolating themselves and turning into yeah. a separate group. There's no real let me pull from this this group to to get two comics or let me invite these because they won't come yeah. because they're secure in their group now and it and I'm saying it publicly because I don't mind saying it yeah. it's already affecting me yeah. There's, it's already affecting all of us whether we like it or not one of the things I noticed kind of new here I, I moved to Arizona in '04 and I didn't really start observing the comedy scene until 2010 ish or so um, but. Uh, the level of talent here is mm-hmm. extraordinary. It is. There are some great comics. We've mentioned several. Mike, who's going to be at the show, Mike Dapper here is going to be here tonight, is one of them. Of course, Jill Kimmel, one of the right. top ones in the country. And then names that you probably didn't get to see that were in Prescott, but they're on tour with Cat Williams, and they're on tour oh, with wow. uh, D.L. Hughley, and they're on tour with um, uh, uh, Mike Epps, and that's J-Mac, James McCowan. Um, that's Brian Ritchie. I, I know Brian. I've got and a Clayton to Perkins. Yeah. And, you know, these guys have all been picked up as openers at, you know, the local yeah. big clubs, Improv and Stand Up Live, and they've been picked up to go on tour with these guys. So yeah. some of them have made an, or have taken advantage of the opportunity to go on the road. And work their tails off to get there. Exactly. The level of talent I was completely blown away at. The amount of rooms and opportunities for him to get time is because I'm hooked up with a couple of the Facebook groups so I could tap right. in for interviews and things. One thing stands out is how many mics there are throughout the valley, which is great. Right. And seeing those guys that you see at the open mics working out, honing their skills, being able to open and feature for some of the big names coming through. Andy Steinberg's right. one of the ones that's getting a lot of traction, yeah. uh, partnering up with Ari Spears. Having said that, also following those forums on Facebook and those groups Mm -hmm. is what you said, the divisiveness. There are some, not to say everybody's not entitled to their opinion, but it's it's very divisive and it splits stuff. One thing I like about looking at your lineups and your shows is you, and I don't know if this is something you intentionally work on or if it's just what happens with you and your personality, but you seem to have reps from every faction of those groups. And that's kind of my point, is is uh, I don't run away from anything. I either like to go head on with it and, uh-huh. and challenge everyone because we don't all think the same. And whether you're in a group or not, the whole group is not your full thought. Yeah. So I want to know if you want to perform. Is it about the funny or is it or about the money? The money? <laughs> because you have a chance... To be in front of 30 or 40 new audience members that don't know you. Yeah. And if you can gain five new followers, in my opinion, because I don't get busy from walking around the outside of the wedding. I get rebooked from people who said, hey, I saw you at the zombie walk last year for hemophilia. We're the cancer society. Would you like to be our DJ? I have big accounts because I find favor in doing what I need to do for people as a benefit. It's a benefit. So, of course, I get paid for it, but way less than I should charge. Yeah. And there's 5,000, 10,000 people there. I'm the DJ for the Salsa Challenge. 25,000 uh-huh. people a day for two days. So I get mass exposure at my own will. Yeah. So and I, that well, branding I, again. Yes. Solidifying have, it. Every time I do those events, I have 1,000 business cards, free comedy tickets. But am I on stage when they come here? <laughs> no. They see me at the Salsa Challenge live and in person. Yeah. But if I give them something, they follow me. I have a group at the Salsa Challenge, a group of people, husbands and wives, that scream out, DJ Bobby! <laughs> and it's the coolest feeling because yeah. I, I gained them there. 
They've hired me to DJ a birthday party. Yep. They've hired me for a wedding. Yeah. I've DJed a graduation party. So I've made about five grand out of a $1,400 weekend Uh-oh. once a year. Ha! We was just talking about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike B. Dapper. Can he join the rest of this? Yeah, Can yeah. he join the rest of this? <laughs> good to see you, Mike. I'm good. Here's you you want to jump man. in for a minute? Here. Or wherever. Let me turn you up here. You got to really eat that, though, Mike. Yeah, Mike and I actually became friends. Uh, I, I say one of my, my real friends uh, in comedy. How <laughs> it is. What, what you wear? What you wear? <laughs> what, what did I wearing? tell you? Oh, oh, <laughs> what did I tell you? Oh, it says it. World champion of comedy. I have a question for you, Mike. Okay, Good, what's first up? First off, great to see you. When Bobby said you were you were going to be heading the show and 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 running it, I was I was excited. And then you will be at Sidekicks as well. Do I got that right? Yes, yes. So Tosos tonight, Sidekicks on the twenty third, yep. seven p.m. right there in Prescott Valley. Your triumphant return back to Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Prescott. I saw last time I saw you up there. I think it was at a wedding, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a wedding. Yeah, wedding. That was a nice I'm, one too. I'm a little scared though because I saw I was flicking through my 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 wall on Facebook mm-hmm. and it took me a second to realize what it was but for a second I thought you might be in the new remake of Pulp Fiction uh, that Black Panther mask uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, why is there a child involved <laughs> hey man the things we do at 5am in the morning <laughs> with a two year old it was crazy it gets crazy that was nuts man. Black Panther and little kitty okay mm-hmm. alright tell me about Black Panther we'll switch this over from a, from yes. a DJ and a, and a comedy show to a movie review I haven't even seen the movie yet. Yeah, so now here's the thing. Player. I, that, no, I, that's what I was doing early in the morning. I was going to, because uh, I'm going to go see it on Saturday, and then I'm going to go see it on Sunday. Let's go burn out. I'll go with you. Okay. Hey. I went and uh, saw it today. Uh, well, I had a couple hours. All right, don't get stabbed. Okay, I won't. I like no spoilers. You see the shirt? Okay, no spoilers. No spoilers. I will say I went because I had some time to kill. I got down here early, did a little shopping at the Fat Man store so I can find a belt. And and. I had time to kill, so I go to Metro Center for a 320 show, of, and there was nothing I wanted to see. Metro get. Center, huh? Yeah, Black Panther. Yeah. I'll go you, see you, that. You was, you was ready. You went to, I, to Metro. Okay. I, everybody says, I don't think I'm a racist guy. Uh, no, 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 no. You can't be racist, can't be racist going to see the Black Panther in, at Metro in, Center. I grew up in a very diverse, You're diverse comfortable. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. But I was the only black guy in the theater of about 15, 20 of us. Uh-huh. And is maybe is this a racist thing to say at the end of the movie? I said, "Well, I'm surprised it was so quiet during that movie." And no, <laughs> no, actually, I, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Nobody was yelling during this movie. I think slightly. they were captivated. Slightly. I think it was slightly. a lot of captivation. Good flick. No spoilers. Okay. I won't wreck it for you. Great movie. I okay. I enjoyed it. I, 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 I'm looking forward so to it. So what's on tap for you? What you been up to? Oh, man, you know, just doing shows and, and taking care of a two-year-old. You know, yeah. you know, just out here trying to stay busy. Just trying to stay busy. Doing shows at churches. Doing shows everywhere. Yeah. People want to laugh. See? I, I be doing shows. Is it about there. the funny? Nice, nice. Is it about the money? You know. <laughs> you can so, pay this for this. Yeah, if you, if you pay, and I'll be whatever type of funny you want me to be. Like, what kind of you? You're like, knock, knock jokes? I got that for you. Okay. <laughs> I got that. All right, give us a little plug to encourage people, a little commercial for Sidekicks next week. What can folks expect to see? Who else is coming up? Uh... uh Actually, there's a couple of guys that live up there. Um, Ethan Quinn and uh, Vince Dowkey. He was from down here. Uh, he's actually a younger comic, but nice. um, mm-hmm. we're going to give him a little time. And there's two other guys that we're still waiting to confirm. Gotcha. But we also have Mike Dapper, who's going to be running the that, show. That's all you need to know. And Darrell Johnson. That's all you need. Oh, Darrell Johnson? Yeah, Mike yeah. Dapper, Darrell Johnson. Yeah, so we bring in Vince like Dowkey. Right. The, the black population it, just is, quadrupled. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Darrell is he is is he is he recovered from? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did he did he like or did he dislike the new Star Wars? I'm not he sure. He is a Star Wars a fa- fanatic, and I am too. I am too. You know, me um, too. I'll confess my nerdism. I got me a, one of those Millennium Falcon drones for Christmas <laughs> oh, nice. this year. One of the big oh, yeah, ones. Yeah, you did. And I was, uh, you know, I was gassed on that one. I was out there, you know, flying. I still ain't mastered it yet, but I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get the uh, X-wing drone. 
I like how that flies a little bit better than the uh, Millennium Falcon. That flies more paper plainish. Nice, nice. Yeah, so. When I grow up, I'm going to be a teenager again like yeah. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I done went back. I, uh, everything that I wanted to do as a kid, I do as an adult right now. I started I, with the tennis shoes and look, the T-shirts. Man, man. I, I, look, people may have knocked Michael Jackson, but a lot of the things, it's like, man, when you're a comic, especially when you're a comic, you have the ability to sit up there and live out all kind of dreams and stuff and like that. Thoughts and ideas. Yeah, yeah, like you get to be the characters you want to be. You get to do the things. So it's like, I get all my accessories. Yeah, man. You see the belt. The belt don't lie. You know, I'm it's almost world w- champion Mike man. Dapper. Mike B Dapper. Please don't forget the don't B. Forget the B. <laughs> okay. So, so sidekicks next Friday night. Uh, we're nice. going to open the doors up there at seven thirty as well and start the show at eight. So um, don't be late if you're going out to sidekicks on Friday on the twenty third to check out Mike Dapper. Got it. You got Darrell cut. Johnson. Are, I'm sorry. Are you, are you got a cut? No, no. Not, not, not right away. Real quick, just a couple minutes. How stuff changed for you uh, hitting the clubs and, and doing my, uh, doing comedy since uh, since you became a pop? Since uh, since, since I since the baby. Uh, you know what? It's a. Uh, because I have a good situation. I have a good situation where, you know, I'm able to, you know, be daddy daycare during the daytime yeah. on my Eddie Murphy. Sound familiar? Yeah, you know? that's what I'm doing. And then at nighttime, <laughs> be able to go out because yeah. our schedules, you know, yeah. I mean, my ladies, our schedule works. So uh, it's, it's fun because I'm more relaxed in comedy. I'm more relaxed yeah. in comedy, where before in comedy, you're just trying so eager to get to the top. And I'm, so, I'm still eager. I'm, yeah. I'm just as eager as I ever was, but I'm more patient than I, I was because now I know when you're young, you, you're constantly trying to prove yourself. You know? yeah. And now when you get to a certain level, you know who you are. You, you know, you're trying to let everybody, you know, and, it, and now it's more personal valid, it's validating who you believe you are more than trying to prove who you are. And a part of that, like you said, trying to prove it is getting in the way. And a lot of people get in their own way and don't recognize that, as we were Mm -hmm. talking about earlier. So when you don't have to prove it to yourself anymore because you know it, Mm -hmm. then it changes how you have to carry it out because you already know. Mm-hmm. Anyone else is just judging, jealous, or envious. Like yeah. Everything is, is just that simple. Like, I, I look at a, five years. Oh, I, I look at, I look at uh, <laughs> when Dave Chappelle sits up there and he would tell, like in, the, in, in, in his special, and he's like, man, I know this is going to work. You know, I know this is going to work. It's like, I know this is going to be good. It's not that like when you get to a point where it's not like you know you're going to be funny. It's not always about being funny. Yeah. I always tell comics, it's not always about being funny. It's about being entertaining. Mm-hmm. So if yes. you walk up there, you don't have to get a single joke. You don't have to tell a single joke. But if you told a story that was that intriguing, that everybody's eyes were on you, everybody exactly. was captivated, everybody was like, okay. And maybe a joke came at the very end, but that whole story had them like, well, what's going to happen next? Yeah. What's going to happen next? That's a level of comfortability that you get where you're like, hey, look, if I don't do anything... I'm going to entertain these yeah. people. Right. Too many, especially the younger ones, and even some of the vets, they get too wrapped up in the fear of the silences. Right. Mm-hmm. Embrace the silences right. as long as they're wrapped and not taking their eyes off. And of I it. always tell the young comics, the best way to learn how to love the silence is to go to a bar. Do a show at a bar yeah. where, where everybody is. Yeah, everybody's yeah, you, you see a couple comics up there, and everybody's like, man, F them. I'm going to sit up there and talk through. They say, hey, quick, can yeah. I cuss? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I before before I get all <laughs> reckless on you. Like, we try try and keep it as radio okay, friendly as we can. All right, okay. I didn't even think about that. I was too involved. I was too involved in your story. I didn't even think about it. You're winning, you know. But I tell them go to a bar, you know. Yeah. Especially, you see a couple comics sit up there and they'll perform, and Kyle will be talking over them because they're having drinks, or whatever. Yeah. But when you get up in there and you start talking, because everybody stops for a second, be like, "Who's this new yeah, person?" Worth it. Okay, let's see. And then they start to talk. Uh, you know, start back to the football. But you if know, you whatever. can sit up there and talk, and you know, get to doing your stuff, and not even be telling the jokes, but they stop and they listen. You have to yeah. own them. You and they'll have be like, to own okay. them for a minute. Yeah. Right. And they'll listen. They'll sit up there. That's when you start falling in love with the silence. Yeah. Because you you can survey the room before you go up. And 
like, you know that silence is right. not harm. It's right. The silence is, oh, I got him. Right. Yeah. And when oh, you know oh. you had them in that silence you where they're, oh, they're captivated, it's like, it's like being a boxer. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh, they're dazed. Oh, he's dazed. I'm about to knock <laughs> this dude out because he's stumbling. Yeah. And that silence is just being dazed. Five years. That shocks you. Because then, then I'm trying to think when I first met you. Up there you met him the, three and a half, four years ago. He was a year so out. So a year, year and a half, two years in. Already. And the confidence that you had to grab the crowd. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. I would never have guessed that. It's funny because I look at the pictures from back then, and I don't want to say we had baby faces, but, man, you can see the developmental yeah. age yeah. on our faces. You're still used to the headshot. <laughs> you yeah. your valley. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Hey, still holding it down, though. Yeah. Y'all right, right. Down. Yeah, then these guys, you yeah. see I shaved this part. Hey, hey, man, man, I was about to have to grow Get mine. Get the Yes. Yeah, because it is I coming in. Dark, I, cl- I plucked the whites out of mine. This is what I ended Man, up with. <laughs> we fighting all days. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So what's on tap for you? You uh, The circuit down here in the Phoenix area? You doing any traveling? You yeah, hit the road at all? I, I, you know, I'm always out in L.A. I'm always nice. out. You know, uh, got a show coming up in New Mexico and, and uh, Very nice. in uh, Colorado coming up. So. Plug, where can folks see you? Website, social media, Facebook, whatever you got. Follow me on Facebook, Mike B. Dapper, D A P E R. Yeah, don't forget the B. You know, nice. uh, you find me on Snapchat. And I always tell people, it depends on what kind of Mike Dapper you want, man. You know, because I'm different on every <laughs> social media network. It's not different, but you get different yeah, yeah. perspectives of me. Like on Snapchat, you get the father side of me where I'm constantly, you know, it's, you know, what me and my daughter are doing throughout the day and our journeys. And because we're always at the zoo and doing stuff yeah. like every day, whatever. And then Instagram, you get all the pictures and everything. And it's Facebook, you get more of what I'm actually thinking. Okay, yeah. it so, might be trouble. Yeah, so you know, I am who I am. But yeah. the best way to find out about Mike Dapper is show up at Sidekicks Friday the twenty third, seven ish, seven thirty. Get in, get your seat. But or stop in early, have a couple of drinks. I think they serve tacos there too. Uh, Sidekicks sixty eight fifty one East First uh, Street in Prescott Valley. That's right off of Highway sixty nine. Right there, right on the highway. It's gonna be a good time. Well, hey guys, thanks. I know you got to get out there. Yeah, it's uh, time to get the show. Get the set show up. on the road again. Toso's monthly. Yeah, Toso's monthly. So what we have here is two sixteen, three sixteen, and four twenty. Nice. So 420 is a is a wild show. We got people coming from yeah. We got people coming yeah. from all over the country to try to get it's some stage time. It's a celebration. It's a nice. celebration. Very nice. Mike, <laughs> great to see you. I'll see you on stage in a few minutes. Thanks for sitting down. Mike B Dapper, the world oh. champion of comedy That's and right. Bobby Mello B Entertainment. Thanks guys. Thank you. Bring the graffiti of our slash seat of fairs. That's for you.